Jordan Perez. Hi, everyone. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving if you celebrate. And if you don't, I hope you had a great week regardless. I personally led the dessert charge and brought the apple pie and chocolate and peanut butter cookies. And I plan to spend the rest of my holiday season baking to my heart's content because it's the perfect excuse to do so. But I also have to create episodes of this podcast, and this week's is pretty special. Landon Durham joins the podcast with an incredible journey at such a young age, and when you listen to him speak, he delivers a lot of great perspective. He's taken it upon himself to document his entire golf journey through some pretty cinematic TikToks, including how when he began to catch up from a move to Costa Rica and he came back to the United States, a fractured vertebrae forced him to take a gap year. Doctors told him he was finished, he'd need surgery and other various procedures that were suggested, but instead Landon opted to push through without and is now the current points leader on the Hurricane Junior Golf Tour. He talks the compensations he had to make to play golf comfortably again, his recent college commitment, golf TikTok, caddying on the Corn Ferry Tour. I mean, he's just had a number of experiences and this one's a goodie. I really enjoyed my conversation with Landon, so stick around and I hope you enjoy it too. So, First of all, Landon, congratulations on the college commitment. I know it's been a pretty long road for you, so I can only imagine how you're feeling, but has it been like a month-long celebration? Did you toast to it at Thanksgiving? How's it been? It's It's been it's been a little bit hectic, honestly. I, I've just been... Um, it, it, it was a kind of a big celebration once I... So I was up at the Elite Invitational in Pinehurst, um, and I played in that tournament. The coach came out and watched me, and then he just gave me an offer off the bat out of out of the tournament. And so I called him, um, and or he called me. Sorry, he called me and was like, "You want to play on the team?" I was like, "Absolutely, I'll get back to you this week." And later that night, I was like, "What am I doing? Like, I just got a D1 offer. I'm not going to just wait around." So I called him back that night, and I was pretty much bouncing off the walls for the rest of the week. And then it kind of calmed down and I, it set in like, Oh my God, like I'm done. I can relax. Like I'm not done, but I'm, I'm into where I've achieved one of my goals. And that was all I was working for. What's been really cool about your journey is quite a few things. And we'll touch on them as this episode kind of goes along, but I find it really interesting that you've kind of taken it upon yourself to really document like every stage of like your junior golf career now committing to college and it's a really personal look at like the daily grind and I mean you know just cool trick shots whatever you're up to and I've seen a lot of golfers on TikTok and it's usually I mean it's not as consistent per se I would you I would say you're probably one of the more consistent to post on the platform but I mean I guess how do you find the time and like do you set time aside to kind of like come up with your own ideas or just is it just like a constant state of flow like how do you manage for for me I'm taking a gap year this year um because of a a back injury um so it's kind of it's usually my daily routine is usually physical therapy twice three times a week just gaining muscle whatever I can do to make sure I'm, I'm staying healthy and then it's going out to the golf course if I'm hitting balls if I'm just working on my game I'm out there for three or four hours. And then if I'm going to play, I'm out there for five or six. Um, and so then I kind of have this dead period in between 
going to bed and doing PT. And um, I kind of, it's kind of just a way that I balance my time um, because I've been, it, it's great to go out and grind. And I kind of just randomly filmed some stuff and I just put it together kind of with thoughts afterwards. And I put it together um, when I just have the time and it's easy for me. It's the only thing I had when, when I couldn't play golf. So I kind of just twisted and kept it going. When I get more into the road that it took for you to get to Elon, but what made you want to play there? Um, well, my sister goes there um, and my dad and mom both played. Um, my dad played baseball there and my mom played soccer there. Um, and so it's kind of, it's kind of a family tradition, but at the same time, um, when I met coach Don, he's just like everything I was looking for in a coach. Like I, I didn't really want just the way he described everything about the golf team. I was like, this is, this is it. Like I want a coach with personality that's actually funny and enjoys himself on the course and has love for the game and shares the same love that I do. And I know coach Don does, um, and just the way he runs that program, it kind of just stood out to me. So I was like, absolutely, this is this is the one. When did you realize it was a match? Like, what did he say that kind of won you over? Um, I really loved the way he he runs the team in the off season. So you're not really working out in in the um, in the actual season because he's saying it's basically like what he said is it's like a swing change in the middle of a season. You can't just randomly change your swing. You don't want to be going out there playing sore as can be like, you want to be able to build that muscle up in the off season and get better in the off season and then go out and just focus on golf in the actual season, which I really liked. Um, and then his sense of humor is just unmatched. So that's also really fun. <laughs> it's always good to keep things light, especially up front. Uh, so you started playing golf. I read on your website at three, were you, always this self-motivated or was there a time period where it stuck for you and you were just so self-determined after that? Um, well, I didn't really play competitively until I was freshman year in high school. Um, and even, even then really not super competitively, I would come back. So I lived my freshman and sophomore year, I lived in Costa Rica. Um, and so I, not a lot of golf tournaments down there. Um, if they were, there were six hours west of us and, or east of us, and we we're like, uh, not worth it. So I came back my junior and senior year, and the reason I came back was to play golf because I realized I loved it so much. Um, and so then that kind of, like, kicked off, like, okay, I moved back here for a reason. Let's do it. How'd you end up in Costa Rica? My mom wanted out of the U.S., and my dad – can work wherever he needs to. So my mom had been going down there for 10 years to go do a surf camp down there and she just loved it. And she wanted out of the hustle and bustle of the US. It was getting a little too crazy where we were in Savannah, Georgia. And we were just like, we need a break. And I went to an international school down there and it was really good immersion to realize that there's other, there's other things out there than just the hustle and bustle of the US. And honestly, I, I I absolutely loved it. I want to go back. What did you love about the culture? Um, well, honestly, I always say that there's nothing in the U.S. that I could see that would surprise me anymore. There's there's literally nothing. I've seen, it's just such a, a different 
lifestyle that you're you're driving along you're seeing cows in the road you're driving and we for instance we saw this dude on a motorcycle on a little motorcycle with a guy on the back dog sitting in his lap um carrying a bicycle which with a bunch of stuff on the back and so i was like it's a balancing act down there and, and everybody is not really nobody's really once you get toward the san jose part it's a lot of business but everybody down there is so friendly and and understanding and everybody just kind of loves the way of life down there which is here sometimes people are a little bit brutal in terms of getting what they want i guess so when you came back here you came back you played golf and then you finished high school here i mean what was it kind of like making that transition back to the states it, it was a little bit it was it was a little bit tough um for me i'm not really great with change um, so when I moved down there, it was like a source of great anxiety. Um, and then I finally started to relax and it was, I had a blast and then I moved back and I was like, oh no, I'm back in the hustle and bustle, uh, of the U S. And so I got that anxiety and then kind of relaxed back, but it's just, a, it's just adapting back to the culture, um, is a little bit different, but for me, I kind of just had, I kind of had golf throughout the entire pandemic. And that was just my way of kind of relaxing and getting back into the into the craziness of golf <laughs> did you hit the ground running with competition again or did you ease back into it well it kind of for me it kind of sucked because we came back my junior year which was when right when basically right when the pandemic started was my junior year um and so I played the first half of that season and then everything else was canceled after that so I really didn't get to actually play any tournaments until like my senior year or like that summer, basically. Um, and so it was just a lot of a lot of work. Luckily, where I lived in Savannah, the golf courses were the only thing open. So I was just out there taking my Zoom classes every day for four hours. And then I was out on the golf course for another eight. I just didn't want to come home. I guess that's the perfect time to catch up, so to speak. Exactly. That's that's and that's kind of the way I looked at it as I was like, this is this is built for me. This is what I needed. So I want to go back in time a little bit to when you had the injury. I saw on your TikTok you said it was October 30th of 2020. Um, there's a video of you fracturing your vertebrae. I mean, what followed as soon as that happened? Um. Well, that was, it was, it's really a weird story. Um, I got COVID in the beginning of my senior year. And then I guess I went back and I kind of got pretty sick, but I was fine. And I felt fine. I went back and took that video. I was like trying to get back into the swing because I was out for like two weeks and or three weeks. And um, I kind of just felt weird. And it started a shoulder pain, moved down. Um, and then once I hit that ball right there, I just felt kind of like something pop. Um, and it, it was, it's like, I have never gotten tased before, but it's what I imagine tasing feels like. It's your entire right side of the entire right side of my body locked up. So you see, I kind of like jerked to the left, my entire right side of my body locked up. Um, and it felt like I just got like tased in the back and it just sent, cause your sciatic nerve is right there. So what happened is it pushed my vertebrae into my sciatic nerve and just like pretty much destroyed my back. So I went in, did a bunch of 
x-rays mris whatever and um finally found out it was broken on like the cats the second cat scan or something they finally found it and so went to a back brace for four months and did nothing so it was like if you can live with the pain you can play golf so i went back to physical therapy and um did that then i got rear-ended <laughs> um and about like halfway through my my senior school high school season and it came back so there's this picture of me in a tournament like like holding my hand like this like sideways because i couldn't actually step down so i had to withdraw about for about like six after about like six holes there and again just kind of restarted work my way back up through pt and made sure i was staying healthy and now i'm just kind of staying ahead of it jeez that's yeah, a, that's a story for sure. that is a brutal series of events <laughs> yeah it's it's a something i can laugh upon now but now that i'm through it and i feel like i'm ahead of it but it was it was a crazy time for sure i think you mentioned on tiktok something about how i guess the doctors had told you that you were finished playing golf i mean what was your reaction to that i when i went in when i went back in and the so I, I went back in after four months of wearing this back brace. It looks like, a, I mean, it was the dumbest thing ever. Um, so I'm going to school in a back brace with like a sweatshirt over, just miserable. And I went back in after four months for like a glimmer of hope. Um, and he was like, nothing moved, like nothing happened. I've seen people go out and live with this, or I've seen people end up in wheelchairs or getting like eight surgeries. And I was like, great so I can either be fine and live my life or I can end up in perpetual back surgeries if I try and continue my golf career like is that was kind of the lowest point of of that of that whole saga um that was like oh man am I am I done like everything I work for is just kind of felt like it just got tossed in the trash but I'm here now. So did you end up having surgery? Mm -mm. I haven't had surgery yet. I, I didn't want to get surgery as, as a 17 year old on my back. Like once you get surgery on your back, you're bound to have two or three more. Um, and the first guy that I went to told me I needed a spinal fusion. And I was like, are you serious? Like, that's what Tiger Woods got. Um, I was like, that's ridiculous. So we went up to a spinal specialist in Augusta. Um, and he was like, easier easier to do a pars repair which is what it was is a pars fracture so my left side of my vertebrae is gone and the right side of my vertebrae is cracked off into my sciatic nerve um so basically what they would do is just like stick some hooks into it and then screw this side back in and connect my l4 and l5 together so it wouldn't be like fusing them together so i'd still have movement but still would would have been iffy and i was like if i can live without it like why even bother yeah, it's a major decision. I mean, just as an aside, like I've had a spinal fusion and it is like not I don't it's not detrimental, but it, it definitely changes the course of your life. I mean, granted, like I was not an athlete. I, I'm not I've never really been much of an athlete in my life. Um, but I had it when I was twelve and I mean it it like your whole life completely changes and like your course of movement doing anything. So like I, I don't blame you for not getting one. It it and it really kind of limits your movement. And even now, I mean, I used to turn, cause I'm, I'm, I'm pretty small guy. So 
when I would be turning to just to generate speed in my golf swing, I was turning like 108 degrees, like a ridiculous amount of turn in my shoulder. And now I'm only turning. I'm not, I can't get that far anymore, even, even without a surgery. Um, and so I'm like, what, what would a surgery do if I, if I can't even get that far back now, like, what am I going to, so I kind of had to rebuild my golf swing and I didn't want to rebuild it after a surgery again. So I was like, I'm sticking with this. Yeah, it, that would have made it even more complicated. I personally was very hesitant to pick up golf for that reason. Like, I like watched golf before I ever played, and I was very hesitant just from like, yeah, like a full swing standpoint. I'm like, like, am I going to completely mess something up? Safe so to say, like, I'm fine, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, you definitely have to make a lot of adjustments to kind of compensate for your lack of mobility, so to speak. Yeah, it's... It, 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 my swing, if you looked at it before and you look at it now, I kind of had to pretty much rebuild it from, from scratch. Um, it's a lot more hinging and, and, and getting power with my hands than it is turning as much as I did and be, being long. Um, just because I can't turn that much, so I still have to be able to get my hands in front of my, my hips because my hips are super quick because I used to play baseball. So it, it, it's it was definitely a process and there were, there were days where I would go out there at the beginning and I would literally just go out and shank balls for like 30 minutes and I, until I was just so frustrated. And I was like, I, I can't hit anything. Like I'm done. <laughs> it was kind of, it was miserable, but I was like, I, I know, I know I've felt that pure swing before and I know I can get back to that. And so and that's you did. what I was always looking for. I did. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> Always something that's, to work on. Yeah, but that's incredible. That's that's really, really inspirational. So, I mean, what's your day-to-day -day like now? I know you mentioned that you still do physical therapy. And I mean, you had been in the back, back brace for a little bit. And I mean, just trying to really figure out. But now you're a little more further removed from it. But I mean, what's the day-to-day -day like now with it? Um. Well, I can't. I, I'm, I'm kind of like a 30-year-old. Like, I can't go out and play like, 36 holes with my buddies anymore um it's kind of it's kind of limiting myself um just to make sure that I'm I'm not overdoing myself because I've gone out and and played 36 and then I just come home and it just feels really tight and so that's where the physical therapy comes in I've been doing some dry needling and um and stuff like that to release release pressure in it just because that back muscle gets so defensive trying to make sure that everything is not killing me um so it, it's kind of just taking it easy and um just a lot of a lot of now that I'm I'm getting a lot more pain-free um it's more about muscle building and in, in terms of defense so that I can strengthen my core so that my back isn't taking the, the major load and um, strengthening some of my shoulders and just kind of rebuilding. I mean, as you've gone through the rebuilding process, and I mean, as you've completely altered your swing and, you know, you've been playing pretty well, like it seems like you've made like a big turnaround even after the injury. I mean, what has it done for your confidence? Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Um, I came back and I, my first tournament back, I shot like 280s and I was like oh oh no we're not doing this so I brought my scoring average down 
I think I'm to a, like a 74 right now and I'm like, a, or I'm a 74 on the hurricane tour or whatever it is. Um, and I'm, I think I'm a, a 0 0.01 on junior golf scoreboard right now, like the difference um, scoring differential. So I've, I've brought it down exponentially and it's just, it's, it's a great thing to see because I know that I'm trending in the right direction. And, and even on the bad days, I'm still thinking like, I don't like, I don't care. Like I know where I can get it and I know what it's been before. And I know I can just get it right back with one change. And that's what I would be doing. So it, I used to get super hard on myself and now I'm kind of just like, I know what I'm doing. I know I can score. It doesn't matter if my driver isn't working one day, I know my wedges and irons are going to work. It, it, I'll be fine. So you kept busy during your gap year, so to speak, obviously with recovery and trying to nail down what you were going to do about your back injury, but you also did some caddying on the corn Ferry tour, which is pretty mm -hmm. fascinating. Like as well, well like, it didn't help my back <laughs> 17, 18 years old caddying on the corn Ferry tour. So casual. Yeah. Um, but you caddied for Kevin Lucas. I mean, how did you guys meet? Um, I lived up in Savannah, Georgia um, for 10 years. And there's a club, club car championship is out there. Um, it's on my home course. We have six courses out there and it's on one of those courses. And so I qualified to play in the pro-am. Um, there was like a, a, a the, it's called the landings. And there was a landings wide qualifier to see for, three or four spots or whoever to get in to play the pro-am and I shot two under I got in um and I played with this guy named Jamie Arnold we had fun whatever on the putting green afterwards the caddy master comes up to me and he's like hey like I've I know you like I've followed your scores through the landings page and um I got this guy he's the first alternate um he needs a caddy in case he gets in do you want to just come out and and spend however long it is and I was like absolutely <laughs> like like I get to skip school and and the best part is it was it was my birthday so I got to skip school and go out I went out at like 5 a.m I get there um and we just kind of sat on the range all day and hit balls to see if anybody dropped out and nobody did so we, he was like screw it you want to go play one of the other courses and so went home grabbed my clubs and um went and played with him um and then played with him the next day and we kind of just immediately hit it off you listed him as a mentor on your website i'm curious what your relationship with him has meant to you um man i i text him or i'm calling him on the regular um he's he he's always there's so much to learn from a guy like him um and just to have that knowledge in my life is probably the main reason that my, some of my scores have dropped. It, 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 him helping me with my putting is just, I've gained two or three strokes. Him helping me with flighting the golf ball, I've gained another two or three strokes. It's just that, that information and his help is just invaluable to me. And it, it, it's hard to say like how much it means to me. It's just, it's such a great thing to have in my life. And, um, and I'm really thankful for him. Is there a chance we'll see this player caddy duo again anytime soon? Um, gosh, I hope so. Um, I'm hoping to get, 
him to caddy for me at one of these events, which would be really cool. Um, and then I might, depending on what he ends up doing this year, I might end up going out to caddy for him again. I caddied for him up in Illinois for another Corn Ferry event, and then I caddied for him at Q School this year. Um, so I'm kind of, I'd like to say I'm his go-to, you know, but um, <laughs> now we, we always go out there and have fun. So whether I'm caddying for him or he's caddying for me, it, I hope to see it again. What was the experience like for you caddying? I mean, did it kind of add like any perspective into your professional golf dreams or was it anything like major that you took away from it? Well, from the beginning, I kind of like when I got out there and saw these guys and I was kind of like, I can, I can do this. Like this is, I can be here in the, the next few years. And um, and watching some of those guys and especially their mental game, the way they compose themselves, those guys are playing for a lot more than I am and they stay composed. And so why are a bunch of junior golfers like me, especially me, I used to getting so upset when they miss a green or they shoot 74 one day or 75. It we're, we're not playing for the same thing that they are. And I think that's helped my mindset is like, I'm not playing in the U S open right now. Like I can relax and have fun. And it's the same, it's the same thing out there on the corn fray. Those guys are just, they're just a bunch of like adult teenagers. They just go out there and have fun and goof around. And um, whoever plays the best wins that, that tournament. And it, they move on to the next one, go have fun. And that's the so best the, thing about it. <laughs> so the takeaway was it's not that deep. Yeah, pretty much. It's just, it it's not life or death some cases it is like you school it is it gets really serious but when you're on that tour and on the pga tour a bunch of those guys just love to have fun and go out there and play the game that they love and i love that about it so you talked to me a little bit earlier about um when you kind of got heavy into tiktok which was during that gap year that you were taking um but i mean had you always been into filmmaking or had like an interest in storytelling well, I, a little bit before when I was in Costa Rica, cause I would do some, like, I'd do some GoPro stuff for surfing. Um, and that was super fun. And then I broke my back and I had nothing else to do. And I was like, why not throw a film class on there? I liked it so much in Costa Rica. And through then that was like the, the only thing I could do. So that was kind of where it came from. Um, and I learned some cool stuff in the filmmaking classes that I took and did a bunch of films um even just short stuff and kind of just went from there like I, I don't know if that's something if golf doesn't work out god forbid um that's something i can see myself doing for sure i want to go into some not really random questions but more fun questions so um all right so first one you tend to have some pretty good responses for the haters, but what's the craziest TikTok comment you've ever gotten? Um, oh boy. I've I've gotten threats, which is ridiculous to be a golf TikToker and get threats. Um, but a lot of people a lot of people don't don't love it's it's a really weird situation. A lot of people don't love guys that have confidence especially because I see it more often from the guys um that are constantly commenting and it, it's really fun because um 
because some of the people that have commented, I beat them in tournaments. And it's so much, it's so much fun. Like if you had spent, if you had spent five more minutes out on the range trying to work on your swing instead of commenting on my video, maybe you would have beaten me. But it, I've probably gotten, I think the weirdest one I've gotten is probably this dude was really sp like spamming every single video, every single video that I posted. Um, it was like, let's play. Like, when can we play? And I was like, just kind of got uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do with this. So I'm just going to kind of let that one go. Or I've had people that have, I've had people that have like reached out to me on Instagram and I have a bunch of message requests. So I haven't managed to get through them um, all yet. Um, but I, I remember this one, it was like this dude replying to like every story I've had, like posted on my Instagram. Um, and it would all be like, semi nice stuff and then i kind of noticed that i wasn't responding to him and so the other one was just like nobody cares you cocky shit or something like that i was like why like i'm sorry i didn't respond to you but it's not that big of a deal but i just take it with a grain of salt because i know where i'm at and i know who measures my success at the end of the day and it's not them so I have a follow-up question. You were saying that there were people who you had played against that were commenting on your TikToks. Like, are these people like going on their own personal accounts being loud and wrong or are they making burners here? Uh, there's people that have made, I'm, I know there's burner accounts because a lot of them are all <laughs> private. Um, but I've had, I've had people that, that, um, that I know that have commented like, random stuff like i posted one on a, i posted one about a, a score and it was like yeah i was on this course or whatever it's so easy and i was like didn't see anybody else do it and then i proceeded to beat him by 12 in the tournament that i played him <laughs> last last weekend so i was like well all right i really mind that's hilarious wow what 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 a sequence yeah it is really fun but i'm to be honest i um I don't really hate anybody on that app. And as much as people want to hate me, they can, that's fine. But it doesn't like, I, I'm not, I'm not one of the, those people that's just going to post a bunch of hate videos on my, on my, like responding to a bunch of comments. I find it like, if there's a funny one every now and then I can make a joke about it. Sure. But um, I just don't really like, like the whole hatred in that community where I'm like, I'm, I'm just posting fun videos for, for fun i'm not here to hate on anybody or have anybody hate on me but it's inevitable so it's just kind there's of nothing wrong with putting someone on blast here and there though <laughs> no it is no you're, you're absolutely right it is pretty fun um but it, there's also taking the high road a little bit um it, it's kind of more important in terms of um not image but in just making sure you're, you're, you're staying on the, on the right track that you um, kind of started on. Like I didn't start to be a hate page of, of golfers that don't like me. I, I started to just post fun videos of, of my progress. Nothing wrong with choosing peace either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, uh, mix them, mix it in with a little bit of both. And, and that's about the right, that's about the right level for me. Exactly. Um, so the hole in one at Sawgrass, what's the story? Uh, I, I was out playing, um, the Valley course with my instructor over at the performance center. We had a playing lesson with him and one other guy. Um, it's this par three 
kind of resembles 17 a little bit, just with um, just with um, like a bunker here. Um, and then the green kind of extends out and there's all water around it. Um, and the pin was tucked all the way back left, like just before the water. Um, and so I hit an eight iron, it was 171. And I hit like a little knockdown eight iron just to make sure that I kept it low and, and, and made sure I kept it short if I was gonna keep it anywhere. Um, and I connected with it exactly where I wanted. I was like, oh no, that might be too good. And we couldn't see it. Um, so my instructor went into the bathroom um, and we go up to the green and there's just a divot and there's no ball. And I'm like, oh no, okay. So it's either in the hole or it's over the green in the water. Um, and knowing me, my first thought was like, oh yeah, knowing me, my luck, it's in the water. Like it just skipped right over the hole, it's in the water. Um, and we get up there and, and the other guy was actually the first one to get up to the hole and he didn't tell me, I was like, is it in there? Um, and I looked down and it was just in the hole. And I didn't know what to do because there was like a bunch of other people around and I didn't want to like scream. I wanted to go jump in the water, but figure that wouldn't be frowned upon. Um, so we're just waiting for my instructor to get there. So I was like, all right, I'll just mess with him. Um, so I went and grabbed my wedge and I dropped the ball. I put the hole in one ball in my pocket, of course. Um, and I dropped another ball and I was like, yeah, coach, it went in the water. Like, I, I don't know what happened. I was like, are you serious? And I was like, no, it went in the hole. And he lost his mind. He was more excited than anybody else that was there. It was so great. I love that man. Andrew. That's so, oh my gosh. So you let you just, so, so you were able to keep a straight face together. Like I, I just didn't, it was, it was exciting to me, but I, it didn't really sink in until that night. I was like, oh my gosh, I got a hole in one. Like, this is amazing. But he was so excited. So it kind of made me, me more excited. And I was like, oh, maybe this is pretty cool, <laughs> but it's really cool to have. I think once it sunk in, I think the coolest part about it is having my name in the Sawgrass Clubhouse. I think that's just the coolest thing. Yeah, you put that on TikTok too. That was super cool. Yeah, it's it's cool to walk in there every time and be a part of history. I mean, my, like my name's on the wall next to Ricky Fowler and, and Sergio Garcia on whole 17 of Sawgrass. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. No big deal. I mean, and like, yeah, and at your age, I mean, there's some people that could say like, they've never had one. I personally have never have, but I, there's a larger amount of people who have never had one than versus who do, especially at Sawgrass. Well, well, all of my, all of my friends have had one. So my friend Reed's had one. Yeah, I mean, he's had multiple at this point. Um, my friend Charlie, he's had one while I was with him. Um, he's had two total. Friend Mary's had two total. I was like, all right, I got to get one at some point, right? Like I was still sitting at a zero. My grandfather's had two. He had like two in a, the span of a month and he was just rubbing my, rubbing his face in it. And I was like, oh, well, cool. Um, I finally got one now, so. Casually surrounding yourself with greatness. It was a bound to happen. Yeah, exactly. That's, they were teasing me so much. I was like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll finally make one. And I did. <laughs> finally, finally one went in. All right. My last one in the spirit of the holiday season. What's your favorite holiday tradition? Favorite holiday tradition. Hmm. Well, when I lived in Savannah, um, we would open presents on Christmas um, in the morning, and then we could do whatever we wanted. And usually me and my friend, the courses were, there were two courses that were open. 
um, but there was like never anybody out there. So we would just all, we would just bundle up with me, my friend, Charlie and Mary, and we would go out there and go play nine or 18 or however many we can get in, just goof around because there was nobody ever out there. Um, and it would just be freezing cold and we just have a blast. I think that's my favorite one. Um, so I guess I'll have to go play, play some out um, here at Sawgrass when I'm on Christmas. Some Christmas Day golf. Can't complain. Yeah, no joke. I mean, that's that's the life, right? That's awesome. Yeah, you can still carry the tradition over. Didn't have to end in Savannah. Yeah, exactly. Even though it'll be like 80 degrees here in, in, in Florida, but carry the tradition over. Perfect weather, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not complaining. I, I, I am excited to go up to Elon and get a little a little bit of snow maybe every now and then. I think that'll be fun. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to Landon for joining the podcast. You can check out his TikTok at Landon Durham, L-A-N-D-O-N-D-U-R-H-A-M, or is his Insta, E-L-Durham8. All the links will be in this description as well to make your life easier. So thanks for listening, and see you guys next week.